Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Traveling Psychology Girl podcast. Today, it is hot, okay? (laughs) It's like 84 degrees outside, and we've had a lot of rain and um, very humid. So I am at home today, and um, yeah, I don't plan on doing anything but recording this podcast (laughs) So, but I am excited because today on the podcast, it's going to be a little bit different because I'm going to talk about a production that I have going on at the end of the month. It's actually a concert. So as you know, you should know, but if you don't, especially if you are a new listener, I am a dancer, modern jazz ballet, and I have been dancing for roughly 30 years and I have put on many productions and concerts, and so at the end of this month, I have a dance concert, and it's called The Experience, The Life and Legacy of David, and so I thought that it would be pretty cool today if I could kind of talk a little bit about what that means, what the life and legacy of David means. I'm not going to pull a whole bunch of scriptures out today. Um, I will tell you where you can find these stories that I'm going to talk about. It's going to come from 1st and 2nd Samuel um, in the Bible. And so you can read all through the whole, both of the books. And um, you will be able to find um, what I'm talking about here today. But David left a legacy. And he lived a life that... The good parts of it, we should pattern ourselves after, but the bad parts of it is still something that we can reflect on based on our own personal experiences, especially that we are a flawed human race. To start the story of David, it's best to go all the way back to the story of Saul. See, during the biblical days, Israel... You know, they were always in trouble. That If you read all through the Bible, you will find that Israel stayed in trouble. And it it's a little bit frustrating because they, they were in so much trouble all the time. Whether they were not doing what they were told to do or somebody was coming for them, they were just a disobedient people. And the Lord loved them so much that he just kept sending people to get them out of their bondage. Um as we know that when Moses parted the Red Sea and, you know, you go through that whole story, the Israelites were in the wilderness for 40 years. And I believe I might be slightly off, but I believe the journey was an 11 day journey, but it took them 40 years because of all of their complaining and their disobedience among other things. Um, and so, um, they were in trouble, but they never could seem to get it right. And so um, even today, Israel is in trouble. So when we go back to the story of Saul, Israel wanted a king. So all of the other countries had kings, but the Lord actually did not want Israel to have a king. He wanted to be their king, but the people, the Israelites, They wanted a king. And so the Lord gave them what they wanted. And so 
sometimes we we want things in life that is not what God wants for us, but he'll give it to us anyway because we want it so bad. And so instead of actually just listening to him, tell us what he wants us to have. And so that's exactly what Israel did. They wanted a king, but God didn't want them to have a king because he wanted them to trust and depend on him. But eventually he gave them what they wanted. And so Saul was anointed king over them. And Saul made a lot of mistakes because Saul was a very prideful man. His pride grew into anger and greed. And if you look at Saul's story, you will find that there were so many areas where he was totally disobedient, especially to the point where the Lord rejected him. The Lord had given him specific instructions to go kill a group of people, everyone in the city, in the town, because the Lord knew that those people were not good. But Saul went and he spared some lives and he spared the king's life when the Lord told him to kill the king. And then not only that, he stole cattle, sheep, he stole jewelry or whatever the case, he stole things that he or took, a, took it upon himself to take things that the Lord did not instruct him to take. So the Lord rejected him for his disobedience. And so eventually Saul um, got to a point where he wanted to seek after a medium. And, you know, you can, you can go and read the story in depth. But he just, he just did a lot of things that he was not supposed to do. And so... Um, Saul eventually died, and so did Jonathan, his son, who was David's best friend. But in the midst of this, David was serving Saul. As a matter of fact, Saul had an evil spirit that the Lord would allow to come upon him. And David would play the harp, and through playing the harp, the evil spirit would Stop tormenting Saul. It's a lot of mysteries there. David was in allegiance. He fought for Saul and he won many battles. But then eventually Saul was jealous of that because a group of people said, you know what? <laughs> Saul killed hundreds of men, but David killed thousands. And he didn't like that. His pride got in the way, his ego and he caused David to be on the run and he was after David. But David never rejected Saul. God had rejected uh, Saul, but, but David never did. He still honored Saul as his king. And David had many times he could have killed Saul at least twice. But I'm even thinking that the kind of man that David was, as strong as he was, he could have found other ways and other opportunities to kill Saul, but he just never did because he was loyal to Saul. Soon after Saul dies, David becomes king. But David has a whole lot of wives and a whole lot of chicks on the side. <laughs> and he meets 
all of these women, and he has so many children with them. And I kind of want to go through a, a few of the women that he met. I want to deal particularly with Abigail and Bathsheba. Abigail was married to a king who was, you know, he just wasn't a great king to sum it up. And he was drunk all the time. And long story short, the king dies. And David was, was coming for, you know, everyone that was there coming for that whole kingdom. But Abigail, once she heard, she took some things, some bread and some other things to David to meet him halfway. And she honored him. And because of this, I'm going to assume that David was attracted to her because he was really a womanizer. And so after her husband died, he went and took Abigail as his wife. We all know the story of Bathsheba, where she was on the roof taking a bath. David saw her. He sent for her. And he slept with her. And during this time, if a king said that you were going to be his wife, if a king took you, there was nothing you could do about it because you did not deny the king. You could lose your life if you said no to the king. So after he gets this woman pregnant, he calls in her husband. Now her husband was a mighty man of God, was fighting for David in war. And he would not sleep with his wife and he actually stayed at David's door because he was loyal during this time of war. But when David realized he couldn't get him to go sleep with his wife, he arranged to have him killed. And the Bible doesn't talk about the pain and the agony that it put Bathsheba through. Because as you know, later on down the line, they lose their firstborn child. And that was Bathsheba's only child at the time. That was her first son. And he didn't make it because of David's sin. So she mourned and she cried, I'm absolutely sure, just as much as he did. But he repented. And somebody, you know, a prophet had to call him out, but he repented. He did not hold pride. And the Lord had forgiven him. I want you to see that though David has a lot of things going on, he's always turning back to the Lord. He's always thinking about what he's done. And if someone brings something to his attention, he addresses it. But he's a womanizer. He's taken in all of these women. So he has plenty of women on the side. So come to find out in my research, David had 21 kids that we know of that are mentioned. 21 kids. 21. And out of all 21 kids, he had one girl. Her name was Tamar. Now I'm about to show you how the sins of the father goes on to the sons because his children were off the chain. Okay? They was off the chain. And so Tamar was raped by Aminal. And I'm, 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 I'm hoping I'm saying it, I'm pronouncing it correctly because I did look this up. <laughs> but 
she was raped by him and it was her half-brother who was in love with her. Sickening, right? He was in love with her. But after he raped her, the same amount of strength of his love that he had for her, he had hate. He became, it, be, it, was, it was hatred, pure hatred toward her. And so, guess what? David did not handle this situation very well at all. He did not handle it like a loving father. And he abandoned her. And I think maybe because he had so many boys that maybe he didn't know how to handle a girl. I don't know. But it's very disappointing to see how he handled this situation being the man that he was. And Absalom was also Tamar's half-brother. He arranged to kill Aminal because he raped Tamar. That was his revenge. So it was like, you know what? My dad ain't gonna do nothing. I'm gonna handle it myself. Because he loved his sister and she stayed with him. So David's kids were off the chain. They were full of drama, full of drama. But the Bible talks quite a bit about the children that Bathsheba and David and Abigail and David had. And all their kids wasn't right, but we do know that Solomon was. Thus, the book of Solomon. And Solomon became king once David's time was up. There's even a part in here where when it was time for Absalom to die, because he wasn't that great of a person either, he happened to be on his donkey and riding through a forest. And as his donkey was passing under a tree, he got stuck in an oak tree. His head, his head got stuck in an oak tree. And now Joab, which was David's nephew and commander of David's army. He went and shot three darts through the heart of Absalom while he was hanging from the oak tree. Can you imagine all of this drama going on in your family? This is a lot of drama. But these things were happening and there was so much more. I could only touch on a bit of it. But all throughout, David is repenting. He is writing songs of repentance, songs of sorrow, songs of distress. I think about when he had fought a whole bunch of folks. Um, and this is around when Ahab and Jezebel, that's a whole nother story. You can actually go over to Encouragement from Kristen's Backyard. And I have an entire podcast. Um, I think it's something about raccoons because I compare raccoons to Jezebel. But it is, I, I talk about the entire story of Ahab and um, Jezebel. But... It's amazing how he was winning all these battles, right? He was winning all these battles. But when Jezebel heard what had happened, 
she threatened David and David became distressful. And I've noticed in other places in the Bible where people were fighting and they were winning wars, war after war after war. And then something one woman said, a woman, caused them to fear. That's really interesting and amazing to me. I always say that it is a woman that can build up a man, but it is also a woman that can tear a man down. And sure enough, Jezebel was very slick and sly with her foolishness. But David was always going before the Lord. If you read the book of Psalms, you will find everything that David went through in First and Second Samuel. It is in the book of Psalms because during all of his distress, he was writing about it. He was writing poetry. He was writing songs. He was praying. He was a man after God's own heart and God bless him. Now, he still had to reap the repercussions of some of the wrong things he did. And that played out definitely through his children. But God was faithful to David. God loved David. Most people loved David. He was a very handsome and charming man, very gifted, very talented. I know we all know somebody like that, right? He was amazing. But he was flawed. What I want you to understand about the legacy that David left is all of us are flawed. All of us got something going on. Some of us are big-headed. Some of us are prideful. Some of us have a problem saying, I'm sorry, when we're wrong. Some of us have a problem with asking for help. Some of us use profanity a little bit too much. Some of us dog men. Some of us are selfish. We all have something that we deal with. But the thing about being flawed, if you have the right heart, so say, yeah, you cuss quite a bit, boo, but you really do love the Lord and you really want to serve him and you really are seeking him. That's the person that the Lord can use because he uses flawed people. He does not need to fool with you if you are perfect and you think that you have it all together. And a lot of people do. That's the pride. The pride that goes all the way back to Saul. Saul could not be used properly because he was full of pride. And his pride came before his fall. But David was a man after God's own heart. And that is the legacy that we should want to leave behind. That though we got some drama going on in our family, though we made some mistakes that are kind of following us a little bit, we are people after God's own heart. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Traveling Psychology Girl podcast. If you are in the Atlanta metro area on Saturday, July 30th at 6 p.m., please come out to see me and my team dance and music and a whole lot more. The experience, the life and legacy of David. It will be at Lionheart Church and that church is inside the highest praise building. So, you know, when you are looking for the church, if you don't see Lionheart Church, you will see highest praise. It is an old movie theater. So it is a big building. You cannot miss it. But Lionheart Church is inside. It is free admission. Listen, come and be blessed. And maybe I can get to meet you and shake your hand. I will be with you next time on the podcast. God bless you. Hi, this is Kristen. And thank you so much for listening to the Traveling Psychology Girl podcast. Please go over to www.travelingpsychologygirl.com to visit my offers. Also, check me out on Instagram at Traveling Psychology Girl. God bless you and I will be with you next time.